hello everybody this is april stutzman we got another episode here for you of glory stories i'm so excited to be interviewing this special guest today to talk about the glory of god some of the first times they experienced the presence of god how they cultivated the presence of god and different stories that impacted their life whether it was transformation into glory miracles that happened and i want you to be a part of what this guest has to say how they have experienced the heart of god in his presence so that you my friend can enjoy their story and see how you too can experience the glory and the presence of god in your everyday life so i'd like to welcome my special guest that i'm interviewing and I will mute it when it, the double screen. So Lord, I just thank you for everybody logging in. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just ask your glory to wash away distraction. I just ask your presence. We just release your presence over everybody under the sound of our voice right now. I'm gonna introduce Bethany in just a minute. Give a few minutes for people to log in. Yeah. So good. Thank you. Hey of our voice right now i'm going to introduce bethany and just all right there we go welcome hey flint how are you i have seen you in california (laughs) got people logging on from california great hey abigail how are you i'm gonna start introducing bethany in just a few minutes hey jody more people from california (laughs) hey Callie. I was going to say, perfect weather out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Do you just share the broadcast? Let the Holy Spirit just touch you right now as you're logging in. I can't wait to get started with Bethany. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> just share as you're logging in. We're going to just do whatever Holy Spirit wants us to do tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see some more people sharing. So, Lord, I just continue to release your glory over everybody under the sound of our voice right now. Hey, Rob from Australia. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hey, Rob. Good to see you, buddy. Rob's a good, a good Facebook friend. I know. Isn't it weird? Like you can, t- like you kind of develop this community with people. Yeah. When you're on, doing like- all these zooms, and now there's like certain people that we see all the time. We're like, I feel like I know you. That's right. So Rob's, Rob's one of our kind of prophetic company partners in um, Australia. So it's oh, good to see love you. it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All Abigail, right. Gloria, you said that you're going on your first flight ever tomorrow. Oh, woo! Bless you. Yeah. Not about it, but I just bless oh, you that it would be fun and exciting and that sense of adventure. I was actually afraid to fly for 20 years. Uh, oh. That's a whole other story, but it was a good one where um, enemy, you know, I had all these prophetic words about going to the nations and literally within a year's time, I, a spirit of fear came on me about flying mm-hmm. for 20 years uh, where I wouldn't even go on a plane on my honeymoon, you know, and and I remember after 20 years, I started revisiting these words about going to the nations and 
the Lord's like, how am I going to send you if you're, you know, if you're afraid to fly, if you won't get on a plane. So I gave him permission to like, take me through kind of a Sozo. It wasn't really Sozo back then. Cause this was, you know, before Sozo, but it was, I had an encounter with the Lord actually, where he met me and kind of gave me this vision and, and it completely shifted how I saw flying. And then now I'm on I mean, I'm, I've already had 150,000 plus miles in the last, you know, three years. And so now I can't wait to get on a plane. (laughs) It actually, so yeah, Abigail, we just bless you with that childlike excitement and fun and that you would love the whole process. Amen. That is so good. That could probably speak to so many people in this season and, you know, where the fears try to bend on media, just the peace, Ah. love of the father, right, Bethany? Absolutely. All right, we're just going to get started and uh, just keep sharing the broadcast as you feel led. We're just going to dive right in, and it's a great privilege and honor to introduce Bethany Hicks. She's co-founder of Prophetic Company, and she's an advanced prophetic trainer. She's equipped thousands of people in six continents, which is so cool because we share that love for the nations. And she's also, uh, you have so many assignments, I probably couldn't say them all. She's the author. We're going to be talking about her book today that I just love and honor the fact that she wrote this amazing story and was so transparent. I love her transparency. It's so beautiful to see the transparency. So thank you so much, Bethany, for coming on. Thank you. So glad, so glad to finally be on here with you guys. We've been uh, just waiting for her to get her story out. She's got so much to unpack in her yeah. spirit. I can just tell it, but uh, we will start by asking when you first felt the uh, glory of God, your first yeah. story that impacted you. Yeah, that's really good. You know, we were, you and I were kind of dialoguing about this a little bit because glory is one of those words mm-hmm. that people have different definitions for, you know, I mean, a lot of people automatically would think of glory as being kind of that gold dust, the, the cloud, the brightness, or maybe this major manifestation of, you know, your body just shaking or whatever, you know, there's different definitions of what people really feel like the glory is. And I always think that's super important to clarify when everyone's kind of on the same page, because I believe that all those things are manifestations of glory, but they're not necessarily the glory itself. You know, you know, the gold dust, all that kind of manifestation of glory, but it's not what glory is because, Mm -hmm. um, and it's even the same with like hearing God's voice, you know, the prophetic, it's like, some people think like, oh, because I don't see in the angelic realm or the mystical realm or the spirit realm, like they do. I, I must not have the gift of seeing, I must not really experience the glory or because I'm not rolling on the floor or shaking or under the fire, like everybody in the room is, you know, then that must mean I'm not feeling the glory. And, and so I love to kind of break that down for people because the glory is not the manifestation. I mean, the manifestation is a fruit of the glory, which is often what you're seeing, but the way that you are bearing the fruit of the glory, you're manifesting glory is going to look different. Because you're uniquely created different than everyone else around you. And so I just feel like I want to break that off right off the bat. I don't know Come if on, do it. Any yeah. expectation or any, um, like a pedestal in your mind, mm-hmm. a level of where you think like, 
wow, I have never attained to this level of glory. Those people are more spiritual. Those people have a greater, you know, awareness or level of glory. Yeah, there's, there's levels. There's, there's things we can grow in, but every single one of us has the, I mean, we all have the opportunity to manifest glory in the way that God created us. And so I do, I just want to break off any false mindset or expectation that glory has to look a certain way in you, that if you don't do what they're doing, then you must not be experiencing the glory. I just break that off in Jesus name. Like we all have access to the father. He poured out his spirit on all flesh so that every son and daughter could prophesy that every, every son and daughter could could experience visions and dreams and that that we all would have full access to his voice it's not just for the one it's not just for the few it's for all and so we all have that access and so each one of you are experiencing the glory of God. We just need to know how we're uniquely created to experience and how to even identify what that is. And so, yeah, I just, I just break that off of you right now and just want to speak into that. Like you are experiencing the glory of God and you are manifesting it in your life. What we choose to partner with, that's a whole other level, you know, um, Moses, you know, he said, Lord, show me your glory in Exodus. You know, he's like, show me your glory. And what did God say? What was his answer? He's like, I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. And so glory is connected to the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And so when the goodness of God is released, when we experience his goodness and how we respond to his goodness, that is us manifesting his glory. That is us releasing his glory. That's us responding to his glory. And so, um, so that's a little nutshell, but I just, I just want, I felt like I wanted to go there a little bit for, for people. People just to kind of free them up. Like, yeah. Hey, I mean, like, I love what you have in your background right now, but that's kind of like what people like probably would think like glory has to look like this in order for me to experience glory. No, you could be like, I see the glory of God on the face of a child laughing. You know, I see the glory of God when I see love, the inner inner exchange of love between maybe an elderly parents or something and their child or something. I can see the expression of glory all throughout the earth in creation. Like we can see it. If you have the eyes to see and recognize the glory and the goodness of God, and you respond to that. And then the next level of glory too, is that hope that Christ in you, you know, the hope of glory. So when we get to manifest who God has uniquely created us to be authentically who heaven says you are, and you live from that reality, that is a a whole other level of releasing the glory of God on earth. And so, yeah, sorry, I didn't really answer your question yet, but I just kind of, I just felt like I was supposed to go there because I just felt like there's people that are really needing uh, just to know that it's so accessible. He's so accessible. That's my heart, you know, it's like God is so accessible. And so, um, but as far as me, you said the, what the first time I really experienced the glory of God, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think it's, I think it's like, it's kind of like the prophetic, you know, you're going throughout your life and he's speaking to you, but you didn't know that was him speaking until farther down the road. You know, like once you realize how he speaks, all of a sudden, all these light switches go on and you're like, that was him. And that was him. And that was him when I was a child. So I feel like I've really seen the goodness and the glory of God um, throughout my life. I feel like 
maybe one of the first times, this is just what's coming to my mind right now was, you know, a, a, a big part, I grew up in a Christian home, a Christian family, uh, and even a prophetic church community from the prophetic back in that day. And, but I remember believing like for a long time that I was, I didn't know what I was going to be for the rest of my life. Like my younger sister, she's a year younger. Like she came out of the womb knowing she was wanted to be missionary, you know, like one of those people, we used to tease her that she was going to be a nun in Hawaii. And actually when she got married, her last name is nun. And they went to Hawaii for honeymoon. So we were being unintentionally prophetic at that. But I remember looking at my sister growing up, like, well, she so knows what she wants to be. Like she's so is convinced that she's going to be this missionary. And I don't know. So because I don't know, therefore I, maybe God's going to kill me at a young age. Like I genuinely had this thought that it was obviously from the enemy. So I kind of had this belief, like maybe I would die at a young age because I didn't know uh, my purpose or my plan. So when I was 19, we had a prophetic presbytery at our church and a prophetic presbytery at that time was a group of prophets that would come in and um, they didn't know anybody into the church and they would call out people and just release these really powerful prophetic words. These were like prophetic fathers and mothers. They were pioneers. They were names that you guys would all recognize that would come in. And I remember when I was 19, I like really wanted to hear God speak. I'd, I'd never had a prophetic word given to me. And so I kind of put my name in, you know, in the hat, so to speak, to be chosen. And, um, and they did. They called my name. And so I remember walking on the stage thinking... Mm-hmm what is God going to say to me? You know, like, I don't even know what he would say to me. And the very first words out of the prophet's mouth was you are a person of purpose and destiny says the Lord. And like in that moment, it completely unraveled years of lies that I had believed that I would, that I was not made for anything important or purposeful, or that I had even a future or a hope or a destiny. And so I would say in that moment, like God was better than I thought he was, you know, like I knew he was good, but I think I really experienced his goodness for the first time and a personal level that really brought transformation to my life. Um, I actually got filled with the spirit as well at that same meeting. And then shortly after went into Bible college. So that, that moment was so personal and so revelational to the goodness of God speaking the good plans in my life, speaking to a place in my heart that I had never communicated to really anyone. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, I just, I feel like if I can have a message on this earth, it's like, he's better than you think Mm -hmm. he's even, he's, he's more good than you could even imagine. And, and so for me, that was like a moment where I really encountered his great love and his goodness. That was transformational for me. You know, I, I love, I mean, I, I've never, spoken and seen gold dust. Although I've seen Regina McCollum, my, I uh, work with Dano McCollum and his wife. Uh, remember, I remember one time she spoke and I got to see it like, well, that's gold dust. There's gems. I have friends where gems appear and all that stuff, which is so cool. And I can't wait to see it, but I want the stuff that's transformational. Like to me, the glory that brings that lasting transformation. And so for me in that moment, I know it sounds not like cloud, you know, the cloud descending and people, you know, in revival for years. I mean, that's happened to friends of mine too. For me, it was that moment where I just felt so seen and known and heard by God that it completely transformed my life. And so that encounter, I feel like that happens a lot more than people realize. And because 
it goes back to what I was telling you earlier is like, if people don't recognize that those are the moments that we're encountering the glory of God that releases that transformational presence in our lives, that those are the moments that matter. Those are the moments that will like the pebble in the pond will create a domino effect that absolutely will change the trajectory of your life. And it doesn't have to be the big crowds. It doesn't have to be the big stuff, which are awesome. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Those are fun, but oftentimes it is that still small voice. It's that whisper into our heart that releases the glory in our lives that brings that transformation. And so Um, yeah, I would say that that was probably the first time for me really encountering that level of glory with the Lord. Amen. That's so powerful. I love that you said that Bethany, because that was the whole reason of the Holy spirit. And and I just really feel led by him to start glory stories is because people want to experience the transition into his presence and they want that transformational presence. Because like you said, I, we love the manifestations of the glory, but when you get that alone time with Jesus and he touches the very place, just like he did for you, it made you alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I, I love that. Um, that was your transitional piece in your life. So Lord, we just declare that over yeah. everybody on this broadcast that your transitional glory and presence and power just uh, manifest in their life. Lord, we just thank you for the people that are under the sound of our voice. So we thank you, Lord, for just giving them that small encounter, whether it's through a prophetic word tonight or through prophetic or whether it's just a still small voice. Yeah. And I, I love what you said, Bethany, because all the time I have people coming to me comparing how they hear or see to me. You yeah. know, are you, I'm sure you get that too. So I love that you said we can hear and see and understand and interpret like dreams, like all of us hear differently. So if there's, I know a lot of people on here that are very prophetic. So if there's anything you want to go in, in that direction with being comfortable with hearing and seeing and moving in the spirit, yeah. the way they're called to move. I would love to actually, I'm writing a book right now about this. It's called mm-hmm. hardwired to hear And, um, one of my, I'm also a a prophetic trainer. So we train people how to, how to hear, how to activate the prophetic in their lives. And I love, love, love doing that. But one of the things that I'm really passionate about clarifying for people is that, um, that every person on the planet is hardwired to receive information from God, you know, um, that, and what is that simply put that we're hardwired to hear, see, feel or perceive. Okay. We can, we can hear, see, feel, or perceive. Now Mm -hmm. I want to clarify because this, this to me, um, often is an obstacle for people that is a, it's like a a self obstacle because what happens is this, like what you were just sharing, April, you said people was like, well, I don't see the way you see, therefore I must not be a seer, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm, I'm not a hearer because I'm not hearing the way that you're hearing audibly, or, you know, I don't feel, I'm like, I'm not shaking or I don't feel the manifest presence of God. Therefore I'm not a feeler. And so one of the things to clarify is like, that is not prophecy. Like a lot of times people say, um, I have the gift of, I'm, I have the seer gift or I have the hearer gift. I'm like, that's actually not a spiritual gift. If you look at the spiritual gifts as lined out in scripture, hearing, seeing, feeling, perceiving, those are not listed as a spiritual gift. Why is that? Well, Obviously they're in the greater context of all gifts, right? The father gives us good gifts. I mean, 
You could say the sunlight is a gift. You could say the air we breathe is a gift, you know, in the context of that. Yes, everything is a gift, but it's not a spiritual gift, which means that some don't have it and others do. Okay. So if that's the case, every person is hardwired to hear his voice because he wants to be known. My sheep know my voice. Jesus said he would never require something from us that we did not have the capacity to fulfill. He would never say my sheep know my voice and not give us the ability to hear, know, feel, or perceive his voice. And so every person watching absolutely is already, I believe hearing, feeling, knowing, or perceiving him. They just may not recognize Uh that it's him speaking because often it's so natural that we think it's us. (laughs) Actually, that's the purpose of my book is to show like, there's actually three dimensions within each of these particular groups where there's the external, the internal and the mystical realm. So we can see externally, I'll use seen for example, Often people will see in the external realm, okay, Romans 120, for all creation is revealing, you know, the divine attributes, the, the, the nature, the eternal nature of God, so that it can be clearly seen in creation so that men are without excuse. What is that saying? It says that God's very DNA his very nature, his very character can be seen in the world around us. So we can actually learn to recognize his voice by paying attention and seeing through the external realm. That's one of the ways. Then there's the internal scene. What is that? Those are the visions, the dreams, the imaginations. It's the things that we see inside our inner man. Okay. Our, our, our inner man. And so that's the internal realm. And then there's the mystical realm of seeing. So the mystical scene is where you see with your physical eyes, the spirit realm. So it's when people actually can see angels with their physical eyes, they're seeing the demonic with their physical eyes. You know, they're seeing, um, they're seeing, you know, different spiritual realities. Blake Healy is a great example of that. He has some great books because he, from the time he was born, he saw the spirit realm as equally as he saw the, the natural realm. And he thought everybody could until he was older. He didn't realize that most people couldn't actually see. And so learning the different ways that we are already seeing God, I want to flip that light switch on. Amen. Now, when does it become prophecy? Just to clarify this prophecy is when what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're feeling or perceiving God saying is when you take what he's revealing and you use that to serve someone else in love. That becomes a prophecy. That's when it becomes a word of wisdom. That's when it becomes a word of knowledge because a gift by the very definition has to be something that's given away. Come on. And so we don't have that gift. Like you could have the gift, mm-hmm. you know, people would say I have the seer gift. Well, it's because they're really what they're saying is I'm a seer and I'm giving it as a word of wisdom or I'm, I'm a seer and I'm giving a gift of word of knowledge. Okay. So they're saying I'm seeing things that God is revealing. And then I'm using what God gives to serve another person in love, uh-huh. serving the body uh-huh. in love. So that's when it becomes prophetic in nation. Uh-huh. Now, I would say everybody's got defaults. Like some are probably yeah. more prominently a seer. Like you were saying, are you prominently a seer? Me? Like, like seeing more or what is your kind of dominant way of receiving information? It's so wild because I flow in and out of knowing, seeing, feeling, sensing, discerning. I just flow in all different directions. <laughs> it's oh, just great. Like, yeah. 
That's great because actually that is the goal. The goal is not just to be locked into the one way. It's like, really, we want to expand all of our receptors so that we can experience hearing God on whatever level, whatever frequency he's choosing to speak on. And so that's really my heart behind the book that I'm writing right now, Hardwired. It is kind of be that crossover book to the prophetic. Um, I believe a lot of people don't believe in prophecy, but they do believe God is speaking to them. And Mm -hmm. so I want to like highlight like, Hey, God is speaking not only in this way, but he actually is speaking in all these other ways too, and really flip those light switch on. So people can deepen their relational connection with the Lord at a whole other level and be confident in that. Amen. So, um, so yeah, that's really my heart. And so I want to encourage people that as they're jumping on and as they're going to listen to the playback that you are hardwired to hear God. He actually, he he wants you to know his voice. Like that's why pre-Christians can actually pick up spiritual information Come on, you know, because they're hardwired to pick up information from what the Lord. Now they just don't, they haven't learned to recognize that it's his voice. You know, once they learn that that's his voice then they can respond accordingly. If I'm in a crowded room, you know, I've used this example before, but it's like when I, if I'm in a crowded room and I, my children are in the room and I yell across the room, Ethan, faith, because they know my voice, they will turn across a crowded room. That is the buzz is high because they recognize my voice. And so that's what I think is happening. A lot of people who are pre-Christians, there's a lot of noise, Mm, but once they've learned to identify that this is God speaking, then it's like, it can be like your your attention just suddenly it locks in like that's the voice of the Lord. That's why you can look back in your life after you're saved and be like, wow, I saw God here and here and here and here. Cause he's always speaking. He's always reaching out to us. And so that should give people just watching already the confidence that God is speaking to them already. Yeah. That's so exciting. Cause that's one of my biggest passions is to teach people. They're already hearing from God in so many different directions. <laughs> it's so beautiful. So I can't ex- wait to, to get the book in people's hands. And yeah. uh, I want to share about your first book, right? This is the first one that you plow through in an amazing amount of time. And it's so awesome. The Holy Spirit's correct to me, Bethany, because he, he just operates with me that way. One of the biggest ways I hear from God, because he corrects me is dreams. I'm a huge awesome. dreamer. So just throwing that out there before I introduce uh, Bethany's book. But if you're a big dreamer, sometimes the Lord, I, sometimes I'll have seven or eight dreams a night and uh, you always want to interpret them with Holy Spirit. But he speaks to me a lot that way. Um, and I just before I um, introduce Bethany's book, I just want to I just feel the Holy Spirit really strong. If you're on here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're like, the glory, what are you talking about? Like, what what are you talking about? Prophetic. I don't I'm new to this stuff. Just uh, say, Jesus, I accept you. I accept you in my heart. I believe you died on the cross. You rose, rose again. You rose for me. You love me. Come and show me your goodness that they're talking about. Show me this glory. Let your presence, just invite God's presence to touch your heart right now. And I even see somebody that that is going to replay this broadcast. And you've went through a lot of trauma and abuse mm-hmm. at age five. So I just command that spirit of trauma off you. I just repent for the people that did that to you right now. I just repent for everything that you went through and the Lord sees you and he knows you and he loves you and he's going to restore you. So I just speak to your heart. 
I just curse all the roots of stress and trauma. And I just thank you that your love is going to wash over every wound, every wound. And Bethany, if you got something on that, feel free to release it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, Lord, I just break off. I just saw like a trauma, even at a cellular level. Come on. Uh, I just see particularly words that were spoken over you. Any oh, words that were on. spoken, that were spoken even well-intentioned, you know, a lot of times people have good intentions, but they don't understand that their words were actually passive aggressive or manipulative, you know, or enabling. And so I just break that off right now that anything that, that, um, that caused that level of trauma in you. And you know, it's like, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free and that you are beloved. The Lord says you're beloved. You are a son. You are a daughter before you do anything else. You know, before Jesus did a single miracle, before he was ever publicly known, he was known first as beloved son. And I just speak that you are beloved right now, that you don't have to do a thing right now. Like you are beloved. He has already loved you. He's already paid the price for you. And so we just thank you, Father, right now that you're just bringing a freedom and a breakthrough, Father, an expression. I just pray even an encounter of love and that you would just release. Um, I like to put, call them like God kisses throughout their day. Like there would be levels like goodness, like your goodness, unusual. I mean, you're always good, Lord, but that would be a goodness in a way that this, that each person, even watching, like not just those that have dealt with trauma, but every person watch watching, I just release the kisses of his mouth to you right now. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is better than wine. That when what's going on in the world right now, we get to actually turn that off because we get to stay focused on the love of our beloved. And Father, I just pray that you would release the kisses of the Father right now. Mm. And that God, um, that Lord... It's going to look different for each person. Like, you know, how you created each person, how to move their heart, how to connect with their heart in a way that makes them feel known and seen and loved and even appreciated. And so father, I just pray that you would just release that just in the weeks to come that there would just be an unusual level of the kisses of God. I'm just a strange way to pray, but that is definitely what I was feeling. I definitely felt the Holy Spirit on that because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Yes. And it's the goodness of God that is like you said, it's, it's that, uh, transformation. <laughs> the glory. I mean, the goodness the of glory. God is it really the glory is. of God. Yeah. And so when we learn how to recognize God's goodness in our life and, and, and we respond to his goodness, we thank him for it. Then it's like, it, it opens our eyes to see more of his glory at it um, in the world around us. And so just even thanking him, I, I feel like that's such, you know, open the gates with Thanksgiving and, his, and we enter his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Like when we bring thankfulness, it is the gateway into his glory. It is the gateway into his presence. Even I I'm seeing that picture behind you right now. And it's like the gates are open, but it's thankfulness. It's that heart that opens up the gateway to his glory, to his goodness. And so I just would release that even right now for some of you that you've been struggling and you're like, man, I feel like it's just been bad news after bad news or things are happening. And and maybe you lost your job or maybe some finances or bills are coming up, or maybe it feels like it's just one after the other, like adding, adding insult to injury. And I just would speak right right now that start thanking the Lord for anything you can, because it is the, it is the door 
to his glory. It is the door that opens up the gate gateway of his goodness. And we just speak that out right now that he's got, um, he's just got so much more for you. And so I just really, I feel like it's a key. It's yeah, amazing for some of you. Yeah. It's huge. I also seen, uh, Bethany, I'm not sure if it's on the replay or if you're on here now, I've seen some prophetic worshipers and I think you could speak into that. That's not an area that, I mean, I sing to the Lord, <laughs> a new song, right? But any, yeah. any area you could lead some of the prophetic worshipers that are on here that you feel led to go. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give a little bit of background as well. So I'm the, I'm a worship director as well for our church and I've been leading worship for the last 20 years mm -hmm. and um, one of my other major passions. And so actually train on prophetic worship as mm -hmm. well and, um, and, and encourage that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling led to kind of go to the Isaiah 42 verse nine, where mm -hmm. it talks, talks about, you know, uh, behold, the former things have taken place. See, I am doing a new thing. Even before it springs forth, I tell you. And then, it, and then what does it say right after that? Okay. So God's saying, Hey, the former things have taken place. I'm sure we could all agree right now that the former things have taken place. Like life as we know it mm. from two months ago has completely shifted for the entire globe. And we don't even know what it's going to yeah, look like. <laughs> So the former things have taken place. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Okay. So for those of you who are prophetic worshipers, God mm -hmm. says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Even if you're not a worshiper, God is still speaking new things. So behold, start looking to see the new thing that God is doing. And then what does it say after that? Sing to the Lord a new song. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our response to the new thing that God is releasing is that we are to sing to the Lord a new song. I believe that the, the new song releases the new day, the prophetic song. When we, when earth comes into agreement with what heaven is saying, and we sing out that song as a prophetic declaration, it will release the new day. I believe um, in, in a catalytic way, there's an acceleration to the new day that happens when, when the new song is released. And there's a whole teaching that we do with all of that um, as well. I mean, we do that. We can teach a whole conference on just that particular concept alone. But mm -hmm. I just want to encourage that those of you who are uh, worship leaders, prophetic psalmists and songs, you know, really see what the Lord is doing. You know, the new song, the prophetic song is not oftentimes what we call the spontaneous flow, you know, where we've all been in those worship sets. A lot of people will call that just the prophetic song. And it's, it's usually not the prophetic song. Oftentimes what, what's happening in those cases is the spiritual song is actually being released. And so, you know, you've got people singing, I love you, Lord, I worship you. And so the spiritual song, we like to define it like this, where the spiritual song is the overflow of my heart, my mind, my will and emotions to God. All right. So that would be that earth to heaven. And, and so that's the spiritual song, you know, sing to the Lord, making, you know, speaking to one another in, in songs, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So there is a, there is a place for spiritual songs, sing to one another with spiritual songs. Wow. So that's the overflow of my heart, my mind, my will and emotion you know, to the Lord. So, you know, where you're like, I love you, Lord. I worship you. You're amazing. We adore you. You know, all those things, you can see the direction where yeah, it's going, okay. right? That's, that's the earth to heaven. The prophetic song is the overflow of God's heart 
God's mm-hmm. mind, God's will and emotion through a person to someone else or to an atmosphere. And so the prophetic song is from heaven to mm-hmm. earth. And so it's really, it's very similar to a prophetic word, but it's seeing what God is saying and you're singing it forth. And that's really, I feel, I believe that connection, even to the Isaiah 42, nine, which is that prophetic song. What is God saying? Okay. The former things have taken place. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Okay. Pay attention. I'm doing a new thing. What is it? What is it I'm doing? Okay. I've already hardwired you to hear my voice. So I want you to know what it is I'm doing though. Surely the Lord does nothing until he, unless he reveals it first to his servants, the prophets that's in Amos three. So God is revealing his secrets to the prophets. He's revealing his secrets to his sons and his daughters because he wants earth to come into agreement so that heaven's will can be released on earth. Mm-hmm. And we have a privilege as worship psalmists, as prophetic psalmists, you know, as worship leaders, as songwriters to release what heaven is seeing. And I, I really believe this other, um, sorry, I'm like speaking really fast. I hope no, this- go for it. Yeah. Just flow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like a, go a, for it. a connection here, but yeah. I believe that, um, that really, especially the songwriters, and the worshipers really have um, a unique responsibility in creating and shifting atmospheres on. on a corporate level, especially, you know, in in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, often the kings would send out the worshipers first. Come on, I love you that. Hear these stories, <laughs> the worshipers would be sent out first. Amen. Why is that? Well, it's because, see, God had already given the assurance of victory. He said, behold, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And I already have established your victory, but you still have to go meet meet the enemy for battle. When they did that, they sent the worshipers first. Well, why is that? Because the, the worshipers were going forward and they were creating an atmosphere of worship because they were declaring what God already said prophetically. So they were creating an atmosphere of victory. Come on. Going forward to create an atmosphere of victory for what the Lord was about to do because he already promised he was going to do it. And the Lord is still sending the worshipers out ahead of the battle Mm -hmm. even today. Because Mm -hmm. where do we see this even practically? Well, how many of you know the song, you know, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm (laughs) surrounded by you. Okay. That song was released two years ago and Mm -hmm. it has taken that long to circulate the globe. So now that song is on our lips. So when we're literally feeling surrounded Mm -hmm. by COVID-19, we're surrounded by economic issues. We're surrounded by fear. We're surrounded by, Mm -hmm. you know, now rioting and all these crazy things. And when we, we have the song on our lips already that it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Come you on. know, the song, the blessing. I don't know if you guys have heard that song called the blessing that just came out. Have you heard it? I have not. Oh my gosh. It's Check it out now. <laughs> viral. It's like Carrie Job and wow. Cody Burns. And the whole song is about um, like how his favor is upon us to a thousand generations on your family and their families and that he's before us and behind us and with us. And he's for you and he's for you. They literally released that like two days before everything broke out. Wow. It's COVID-19 and it is a song that everyone is singing. What's Mm -hmm. happening. God is getting heaven's song 
on mm -hmm. our lips so that we can create an atmosphere that's already establishing the victory of who God is for us so that we can come into agreement so that God can release his will on earth. God is still sending the worshipers out first. He's still sending the, the songwriters out first. And so I just would want to encourage those of you that feel particularly a call to write the prophetic songs, to write the song of the Lord. What is God saying and Amen. release what he is saying through songs so that we can get, so his people can be singing together, unified, right? Unified, yep. wow. creating an atmosphere of faith, creating an atmosphere of victory so that God can do what he already said he was going to do. Come on. I love that. I love that so much. I actually heard that song today. I was actually listening to it that we're surrounded by him. You know, he fights our battles, but, um, I just feel the Holy Spirit so strong on this right now. So I'm kind of parking here for a minute, but um, I love that, that the atmosphere that you create a victory because I'm all about victory. We had the victory in every area of our lives and we just keep plowing and keep plowing with the Lord. And we sing that new song to bring the breakthrough. Sometimes it's that prophetic song that even if we have to sing over ourselves in the mirror, you know, it's a, it's the breaker on it. But um, the Lord's reminded me a lot of times I do the breaker through dancing. I just yeah. worship through dance. So that's another area. If, if you're on here and you love to dance, it's that Daniel and I mean that David anointing of just worshiping before the Lord. And sometimes during that worship of just dancing, it just breaks through whatever you're going through or it breaks the atmosphere in your home. So I just want to encourage the dancers on here that don't care you know, if your kids see you, if your husband sees you, go in the in the door and in their bedroom or kitchen or wherever or shut the door where you can and just dance before the Lord. And he may surprise you after what Bethany prayed with a new song for a new season. But uh, that's one of the reasons, Bethany, I just loved your book, um, Owning Your Assignment, the, the amount of victory that you share in there. It comes from a place of victory. And uh, I want you to share um, some of your favorite, uh, parts of writing this, cause I know every author has their favorite part that, that the Holy spirit just stirred up in them. But one of the things that I just really loved, I'm just reading a few quotes cause I want everybody to go get this book, owning your own assignment. If you've ever got the prophetic word that you're to be a mom, a spiritual mom, if you're a natural mom, if you don't have kids, this book is still for you. But mm -hmm. I love the fact that you put world changers produce world changers. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful because it doesn't box. Everybody gets, like you said in your book, I don't want to reveal too much because I want people to go get it. But when you get that first initial prophetic word of your spiritual mom, describe how you felt and how you walked through that process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would get these prophetic words like, hey, you're a pioneer and a forerunner and a lightning <laughs> rod from heaven and a trailblazer. And I would get these words that felt so powerful and empowering and honestly resonated with my spirit and who I was. And I'd be like, yes, yes. You know, and then they'd be like, and you'll be known as a mother and you'll be an apostolic mother. And I would like cringe inside. Come on. They like, probably missed that, but everything <laughs> else was right. You know, but, um, Come on. I mean, it's not because I don't love mothering my own children. Okay. I have three children, biological children, and I love that. But I realized through this process that I actually had a misconception about what mothering and the assignment of mothering was in the kingdom of God, because I realized I came to realize that God would never call me something like he'll always call us something 
uh, to, to upgrade us, right? Like uh, heaven always sees us who we really are. And often we have to grow into that reality. But I realized like God would never call me something that was contrary to who I was created to be. So my, my idea of a kingdom mother felt very powerless. It felt mm -hmm. honestly like, Hey, we don't know what to call powerful women in our church. So we're just going to call you a mother, which just means <laughs> you just get to sit along the back wall and everybody else on. And, and while everyone else gets to do the stuff. And mm -hmm. I Come presented on. that honestly, that definition until the Lord kind of took me through this journey in the scriptures to really see what a powerful assignment a mother really carries. In fact, it's the opposite Amen. of powerless. And, and I could like sum it up really surely. I would say the father really carries, they're the identifiers. They're the ones that call out. They're the ones that name. They're the ones that bring um, identity to their children. You know, they speak that to them. Mothers though are the activators. Come Mothers on. are the ones that take that vision and actually put feet to it Come and on. really activate and mobilize the vision, the treasure that's in those that we're called to influence. And mm -hmm. so if you start to look throughout scripture, you're going to like, you're going to see, wow, there are so many mothers in particular that would really activate and use their influence to forward mm -hmm. or advance the destiny of those that they were called Come to on. influence and mother. And so, um, I, you know, if you even look in the natural realm, I mean, who's the one who usually is organizing piano lessons and <laughs> drum lessons and sports and driving them places. I mean, in a sense that's yeah. activating, they're yeah. activating Amen. a piece, a destiny that they see in their children. And that is, that is one of the powerful assignments. That's just like a little picture, but essentially that's the same principle is that mothers are the activating agents of destiny for those that they're called to influence. Amen. Amen. I love also in here because I, I come from such a champion mindset because Christ died to help us to become champions in him. And yeah. I love you put uh, everyone benefits when champions are in the room. Share a little bit about that. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> I, um, Deep topic, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think for me, it's like, I noticed in some of the mentoring and the challenges that I've done, a lot of times women particularly feel like their, their role is to, um, because we're naturally self, we like to sacrifice for the greater good. I feel like women in particular have this thing in them to want to sacrifice, to make, uh, to, to raise up others, to, to bring their influence up. And I feel like what a lot of times people have done is they have, uh, called sacrifice, self-sacrifice, something that was actually self-suppression. Where they have suppressed their own voice. They have suppressed their own call. Yeah, they have suppressed who heaven has said they are actually called to be because they thought that pushing them down would make somebody else go higher. And so I believe that actually there is room on this planet for, for me to be powerful and for those Amen. that are mothering to be powerful too. Come on, and so the idea too, that as a mother, if my influence is like my ceiling is their floor, so to speak, we hear this all the time. Then the greater my ceiling is the higher launching place of the floor for those that I'm called to influence. It's like, you can't actually use your influence to accelerate someone's destiny. If you have no influence. 
Okay, you have no influence if you have been allowing your voice to be suppressed, if you have not fully embraced the fullness of who God has called you cre- and created you to be. And so part of raising up world changers is that you have to be a world changer yourself because like produces like. That is, that is a principle that is set in creation. If you plant an apple tree, then you're going to have apple trees. You know, you're going to have apples come forth from that. And so if you want to raise up a world changer, you cannot raise up a world changer. If you are not one yourself, you have to know who God says you are so that you can release a permission for those that you're called to influence. So they can fully be who they are called to be, which is why if, if there are champions in the room, everyone benefits from champions being in the room because now you're not just waiting for the one person to come and defeat the enemy or the one person to pave the way you've got an army of champions. Now that's going to accelerate the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth. Come on. I just feel like we can go here, Bethany. What would you say to the people on here? Maybe they've been struggling with kind of like an orphan mindset. Mm. Um, I just feel like we can transition some people out of that into a new season. Yeah. Oh, so wherever you feel led to go to pray with that. I mean, this is so key. I think even for the mothering assignment and the fathering assignment, because there are going to be people, um, because of the billion soul harvest, the prophesied harvest that, that now is, and and is still coming, Mm -hmm. you know, people are coming into the kingdom of God. They're coming from an orphan mindset and they're now called sons and daughters of the King of King Mm -hmm. and Lord of Lords. And, and, and it's true. That's who they are, but it doesn't necessarily mean they know how to live like that yet. And this is where mothers and fathers are going to be so instrumental in, in modeling and giving permission and mothering and fathering what being a son and daughter of the King of Kings is supposed to be. But those that have the orphan mindset, I would just say, You've got to find out who heaven says you are. You know, this is why I love the prophetic so much is that, that when you know who heaven says you are, you start aligning yourself and agreeing with who heaven says you are. And then you take those action steps from that place. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, you know, Gideon's hiding in the wine press. I love this story, but you know, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Oh, mighty man of valor. Come on. And you know, Gideon hadn't fought in a war. He never fought in a battle. He wasn't known as a mighty man of valor. He wasn't a warrior. And yet heaven came to him and said, this is who you are. It's not who you're going to be. This is who heaven says you are. Now, remember, we're human beings before we're human. We're not human doings. And so this is why knowing who heaven says you are first. Actually, it's the overflow of believing who heaven says you are an agreement that you can actually start walking out into the fullness of who heaven says you are. This is where the prophetic is really important. One of the things we like to do within our trainings is we like to prophesy using the name. That was actually one of the first ways that God would release prophetic destiny of over people was through their names. And so we have a whole teaching on this. You can actually find that on activate prophecy um, for what's in the name training e-course. But one of the things that I like to do is I train people like we train people prophetically, who does heaven say you are through the wow. name? Um, and so, and so when you do that, then you start to, okay, this is who God says you are. Okay. You have to start agreeing with it. Come on. Which means you're breaking off those lies. Okay. Um, for example, let's say like I have prophetic words about, 
um, my words carrying weight, shifting the atmosphere that I would be speaking in stadiums. Okay. These kinds of big words. Well, I have to come into agreement with those words. You know, every time I step up to lead worship, every time I step up to speak, I remind myself of who heaven says I am. And then I try to live from that place. One of the more recent words that God has spoken over me that I'm honestly still in the process of owning the name is to be an apostolic mother. Like, what does that look like? I, I had to break through my own misconceptions of this. Okay. So God says you're an apostolic mother. Okay. This is just a practical example. Okay. I am an apostolic mother. I don't feel like an apostolic mother. What is an apostolic mother? How do I start agreeing with that word? How do I start taking action towards that? So it does start with that believing and agreement. Then you start aligning yourself with the word. Okay. What does an apostolic mother do? Well, I guess my, I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm affirming, I'm putting language. And now what I'm noticing is that this women that God is bringing into my life to continue to steward and mentor, they're actually already mothers. So an apostolic mother is not mothering daughters. An apostolic mother is one who mothers mothers. You know, it's like a difference between a grandparent and a father. Like you can father your children, but it's different than fathering fathers. It's the same thing with mothers. And so I'm learning how to own my assignment as a mother, I'm learning how to own my assignment as a prophetic speaker or a trainer or equipper, you know, and uh, being a prophetic lightning rod. There's different things that God says I am. But at the end of the day, when I get up to speak, I have to remember like, God, this is not me trying to be something I'm not. This Come is on. me trying to be who you That's say so I am. Good. And so, so I'm going to believe and I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to get out of the boat and walk on the water, even Come though on. I don't feel qualified. But you say I am. And I feel like that brings so much pleasure to God when you believe him, when you believe who he says you are. I feel like that brings, if we're talking honestly about glory stories, I feel like that brings glory to God. When you can believe, you believe who God says you are, and then you start walking in the fullness of it because that brings glory to God. And so I believe at the end of the day, that, that shifting that out of that orphan mindset, really the orphan mindset is just not believing who God says you are. Amen. You're believing the lies. And so really Amen. find out who God says you are and start living from that place. And that's, that's the true son and daughter reality. Come on. I love that so much. Hey, Christine, got everybody saying hi. hi if I missed Christine. any of your questions, I'm sorry if I missed anybody's questions. Love you. I got to see her for a little bit out in California. When I was oh there. yeah, I saw pictures of you guys. It was so much fun, but I know the Holy Spirit will not. He keeps bringing up these questions. So I want to honor Holy Spirit. I don't want to forget to ask you these, um, Bethany. Um, I know you have a weapon. I just seen like a piercing in prophetic process. Somebody needs to know on here, probably multiple, multiple, multiple people, what prophetic process is and how to just strike the mark with your prophetic process. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And Timothy, you know, talks about how you fight the good fight. Come on. The prophetic words that you've received. And honestly, what I just shared a little bit about identity and finding out who heaven says you are, that's a, that's a major weapon. That is a major weapon for you because at the end of the day, the enemy is always going to attack your identity because everything you do flows from who you believe yourself to be. And so, you know, you think about when Jesus was in the wilderness, like what was being attacked? It was his identity. He had just come from the place in the Jordan where the heavens opened and the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So he had the affirmation. He had the identity that he was a beloved son. Mm -hmm. 
And then the next scene, there's the enemy. It's like, if you are the son of God, then do this. If you are the son of God, then do this. So here the enemy was challenging his identity because he knew if Jesus really fully owned his identity as the son of God, then he was in big trouble. And he is, you know, we already know how that played out, but it's the same with us. Okay. So in that prophetic process, what we do, are you talking about our kind of learning how to process our prophetic words and really learning how to wield that as a, as the, as the sword. Yeah. Yeah. As the sword. So, you know, when the enemy comes at you and you know, like, okay, but what am I doing? Why, why am I starting all these mentorship programs and doing these own your assignment challenges and no one's going to show up and la, da, 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 <laughs> you know, and you on, it's so real. I love I your mean, wellness. Yeah. Just, those it's are real. the real things. And that's where you're like, okay, God says I'm an apostolic mother. God mm. says that I, I have, I have a breakthrough anointing. God says this. Yeah. And so I'm stepping out and who God says I am and I'll let him do whatever he wants with, with what I step out in, you know, but I need to be obedient to who he says I am and on the fullness of my identity so that I can step onto that. Um, and then, you know, the prophetic processing, a lot of people get discouraged, you know, with some of the prophetic words they've received because maybe they haven't seen something happen or take place. You know, they maybe put it on the shelf and, or maybe they'll even, I mean, despise prophecy because maybe there's people watching that. They say, Hey, I've received a lot of prophetic words and they've not, not come to pass. Mm-hmm. There is a process to come prophetic on. words. There is, there's actually a piece that we need to uh, partner with the Lord. It's not a genie in a bottle. The prophetic words are not genie in a bottle. A lot of times they are prophetic potential that needs our partnership because God is not interested in just telling us what to do. I love the way that Dano says that says, he says, because God's, uh, God's value is relationship. His, his method is partnership. Mm-hmm. I don't think I said it exactly perfect, but the idea is because mm-hmm. God has a value to relationally connect with us. He, yeah. he wants to release these prophetic processes over our lives, not just so that he can do everything for us, but so that we can partner with him in its process. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll go through our prophetic words. We'll identify like, what are the identity statements? Who's God saying, this is who you are. So we'll circle those. We'll create an identity statement. You know, I am a, I'm an ASAP. I am a, you know, I'm a, I'm a a lightning rod rod from heaven. I actually could read to you one of my prophetic identity statements and then we'll speak that we'll create, we'll create those little short statements and we'll speak that out until we believe it. And then we also look for, um, we look for conditions and commands. There are some things where God says, I will do this. You know, God spoke over me that, you know, I see you speaking in stadiums. I cannot make that happen on my own. You know, I could, I could walk into an empty stadium and speak in a stadium and like, there you go. The word's fulfilled, but that's not the intention of what God said. I'm supposed to speak this year at the largest women's gathering in Brazil, 5,000 person event. Uh, John and Lisa Bevere are speaking there as well. And Havilah, we were like, I'm supposed to be speaking. Okay. What is that? That's the fulfillment of God's word. But that's me also saying yes and preparing along the way. You know, that that's me partnering with the Lord in those prophetic words. And then sometimes there are conditions and commands. So there are times in our prophetic words, you know, where God says, okay, when you do this, then I'll do this. And I think that's where a lot of people get really frustrated because they're waiting for God to do this, Correct. but they didn't realize that there's actually a piece that they were supposed to own. You mm-hmm. know, it is that if my people would pray, 
then I will heal their land. So God wasn't just going to heal their land. He said, Hey, I want to partner with you in this. So I want you to pray and then I can heal your land. And so looking through, you know, there's also like metaphors, there's times, there's seasons, there's language, you know, understanding like, like a lot of times people will get a word. Like I see coming soon or in the future, this will happen. And I've got my friend's grandkids here. Hi, I'm on live. Do you want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> That's real. Hey. hey. Um, so yeah. um, times and seasons and conditions and commands, you know, metaphors, sometimes God will repeat yeah. things over and over. So pay attention to that. So Amen. we actually have a whole series and, and that's also on our activate prophecy. If you're interested in learning how to process your prophetic words, it's called the good fight prophetic processing. And that is also an activate prophecy. And so that will help you really mobilize, categorize your prophetic words and really put feet to them so that you can wield them as a weapon. You can say, Lord, you said this. And so I'm going to stand on my ground until this happens. And and I've done that a a time or two. I love that. I hate destiny robbers. You know, it's it's just yielding the sword. So I love everything you said. I'm going to back up just for a minute, Bethany. There's somebody on here that's asking for a creative miracle from Belgium, some fatal accident. I'm like both of us to just pray right now over that. And his name is Elijah. The prayers for Elijah. Whoa. So Lord, I just released a glory over Elijah right now. There's no time and distance in the spirit. We just declare that creative glory over him right now. We just declare the gates of hell will not prevail against Elijah. Right now, I speak life to his brain, to all body systems. Right now, I declare you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I command every bleeding to stop right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We just take authority right now. We command supernatural blood throw to the heart, the tissues, the organs. We forbid any shock. We break every assignment of death right now off Elijah right now. And Lord, we just say, let your creative miracle take place in the heart, the lungs, the brain right now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Go ahead, Bethany. Great. I I mean, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the purpose and the destiny for Elijah right now, Lord. God, I just ask, Father, that what is coming against him, like I just see, Elijah, that you are called to stand in the gap, that you are called to stand in the gap for for those that maybe would come against the Lord, but then also really revealing the, the manifest glory of God. So we just call that forth right now. And I just see you even stepping into a season. I see the Lord hiding you in the cleft of the rock right now. And I see the Lord passing before you and I see his goodness, the Lord. Oh, that's so good. The Lord, the Lord, he's good. He's gracious. You know, his mercy endures forever. As far as the East is from the West, I just see the Lord just releasing his glory and his mercy to you at a new level. And I thank you, father, for the testimony, uh, that Elijah's life will bring in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> squealing in the background, but <laughs> happy joy, 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 right? Yes. Uh, I, know. Wrong, I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely want to honor your time, but I know the Lord was speaking very specifically about some stuff that you've had to walk through. And, and this is real for all the ladies on here and all the women who mm-hmm. have had to walk through a process of birthing as women and doing ministry as women. So Bethany, I would love for you to share your heart. Um, the, maybe a, a process that you've walked through as being a strong 
woman and obviously apostolic mother. So I'm going to call you that a strong apostolic mother and the process you had to walk through to just get the freedom um, between you and the Lord and get healed up, restored, sent out and uh, able to be a world changer. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. I know I shared earlier. I mean, you know, one of, I talk about one of the things I like to share about is just like, you know, to own the fullness of your identity, you've got to be able to break off boxes. And sometimes they're external boxes that other people try to put on you. And sometimes they're those internal boxes that we have to fight through our own mindsets. And, you know, one of the external boxes that I probably have had to deal with most of my life is that is my gender as particularly in the realm of being called to, uh, to the church mountain, to be called as a leader in the church mountain. And I've definitely had to dance around a lot of things over the years. I mean, even remembering when I first started leading worship at a little church, you know, I, I remember they like wanted my husband to like, Hey, is there any way your husband could learn? you know, the bass or maybe learn how to run sound. So this could be like a couple's ministry, you know, and like they, because they weren't comfortable with me being the worship leader, pastor that they wanted to try to put even my husband in a box because he didn't want to learn how to do those things, you know? And, (laughs) and so just kind of learning how over the years, honestly, how to honor, how to, um, how to trust that the Lord knows how to get you where you need to be, how to be able to, you know, it's kind of like the disciples in a way where the Lord, when he sent them out two by two and he said, Hey, if you come into a town and they don't receive you, then just shake off the dust and go to the next place. Like find those places, go where your favor is, you know, where the Lord is opening those doors for you. Um, and I remember there were times when I knew I was the right person for the job, but because somebody was looking for the right man, not the right person for the job, they wouldn't actually look at me. They wouldn't consider me. Um, and, and so, you know, you get to go through all the joys of learning how to, uh, not be offended, uh, how to trust God's timing. You know, there was times when I knew, like, for example, I knew I was supposed to take the worship position at my old church and, and my spiritual father was pastoring at the time and he was for me, but he really had another person in mind, another man actually, and his wife. And I had gone to him and said, Hey, I really feel like I'm supposed to be this worship pastor. Cause the old person had stepped out and he's like, Oh, we'll see. I don't know. You know, and within a few short months, the couple that he had in mind actually ended up moving geographically away. And so he came back up to me and he's like, you know what? I think you're right. This is for you, Aww. you know? And so I stepped into that. And so there's times when you, you kind of have to learn like, okay, is this a season thing? You know, and then, and then there are times when you're just, honestly, it's tenacity. It's just not giving up on being the fullness of who God says you are. Um, and, and I have a huge value, you know, even with this mothering assignment, the prophetic mothering, you know, assignment, I have a huge value for all people being powerful for every man and woman to be who they're created to be. And even with the mothering thing, you know, I want to see women be empowered. I want to see them be really powerful, but that's not my end game. My end game is actually to see men and women running powerful, powerfully together, because I believe that for the, for the spirit and the bride to say, come, the bride needs to be fully in unity. And for the bride to be fully in unity, that means women and men need to be running at the fullness of who God's created them to be. And so I'm just, I just would encourage women that are dealing with that, you know, um, don't give up. Come on. Look for your favor. 
Come on. Keep finding a way to manifest who you're called, you know, what you're called to be. One of, there's a story that we share about a man who felt like he was called to the Muslim nation, but his wife didn't want to move. Mm. And so the council was like, well, what do you do right now? And he's like, well, I'm a taxi driver in New York. We're like, you're around Muslims all the time. Like you can start ministering and manifesting that call to the Muslim nation where you currently are right now until your wife comes along. And so there are times and seasons to recognize that. that. And then just knowing that the Lord knows how to get you to where you're supposed to be. You know, I mean, there's been, I pastored a church. I've run ministry schools. I pioneered and started a Christian school. You know, I've, I've done regional ministry and now I'm, you know, training and equipping. And, and I feel like the Lord just like the Lord really does know how to get you, but it does require work sometimes and a clean heart. I mean, to this day, there's a lot of, I have, I have colleagues to this day that are still, it's like the guy show and that's okay. They just don't realize that. Um, I think there just needs to be a value for the fullness of God's voice. And, and even for me as the worship director, this is not just about men making room for women or making room for powerful women. This is really both ways. I mean, as the worship director, when I first came here, there was a major influx where the majority of our worship teams had moved away. So there was all women, all female singers for the first year. We had four women on that stage singing the first year I was here. And I have such a huge value for what the man brings what the, you know, male voice and what they carry and what their atmosphere. And so I started prophetically calling them in. I said, Lord, we need male worship leaders. We need the male singers. I'm just calling those in. And within like two months, we had four amazing worship leaders that were men that were actually former pastors at another church. And I don't know, can you hear all that? I'm singing the new song. It's prophetic act already. <laughs> it's grandkids. They're doing a graduation party. Uh, so that's fun. I'm not going to talk like it's not happening. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but anyway, so I created this platform. And so now we have like, now we have a healthy balance Come on, for men that. and women. So I feel like honestly, as leaders, we need to have a value for the diversity Amen. of the father's voice. We kind of okay. have to get past our own insecurities. I realized that there's, you know, challenges to male and female relationships and all that, but we can't, we can't suppress it to the, to the, I mean, we're missing a valuable part if we're not willing to like, just try, you know, at some level. And so, um, I don't know that I fully answered that a hundred percent. There's a lot more to that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a deep topic and I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit so deep because we can't minister with our own preferences. You know, we got, like you said, the fullness of God, the bride, the men and the women. So I love teaching webinars. A lot of time I co-teach with other male and female. I love flowing back and forth. And me and my husband, we flow really well together. And, you know, he is uh, an amazing man of God. And I value everything he brings to the table. And so it just brings the fullness because we can be on on the same deliverance appointment or whatever the Lord has us doing mission work, whatever it is. And he'll see one thing and I'll see the next. And that's the fullness. So I love that you pinpointed the fullness right there and the value of seeing both. And uh, I just wanted to scroll through and maybe get a few questions. Um, Hey, you got a word from Marguerite Leach. She's a really good friend of mine and she's a prophet. So you're going to be encouraged by that word. I just saw. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. Praise the Lord. 
I'm definitely, I'm, I'm reading it real quick. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. She's right on. Praise the Lord. I receive it. <laughs> new encounters. Who doesn't want new encounters? Right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I just uh, take a little bit of time and prophesy, uh, Bethany. I could feel I'm pulling on the hunger for prophetic words. Because like you said, some people may not have access to that. So I find they really enjoy that in the media. Maybe we'll do it like 10 minutes and then I'll let you go. I definitely want to honor your time. I know you guys are having a party. So um, I see Jody and uh, Jody is still on here. Bethany, let me know if you got anything for Jody and we'll just take turns. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm just going to release the glory real quick while people are asking questions. Or So, Lord, I just release your presence. Whoa, everybody under the sound of our voice right now i just release your presence just say more glory if you're on here and we didn't call out the need that you had if i missed it i just apologize now but everything you need is in the glory realm your peace your joy your creative miracle your breakthrough lord if there's people under the sound of my voice lord just heal their bodies touch their bones right now heal arthritis right now right now i just see colds viruses dying whoa back injury being healed. I just speak to gallbladders to be healed right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we just release your creative glory over everybody under the sound of our voice. Whoa. And just receive, receive what you need from the Lord right now. Whoa. Yeah. And at the sound of the horns blowing in the other room. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's let's yeah. Let's just, whatever you need, just receive it from the Lord right now. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Have you seen any Bethany just flow? Jody, were you talking about? There's actually two Jodies on here. Oh, there really is. Uh, Jody, Aaron's Ferguson, and then there's a Jody, another Jody, that Jody Shaner. There's a it, Jody Ferguson was the one that popped on my screen, but okay, wherever yeah. you want to go, yeah, we'll just flow yeah. for a minute. Yeah. You. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, Jody, I love to prophesy actually over people's names. And so I noticed that your name, uh, when I look at that means praise, or it looks like the grace of God, which is awesome. I actually had this, um, amazing, not amazing, but just a, a quick impression of, of justice. Actually, I feel like you might have a, a justice, uh, gift. I feel like Jody, you actually have a, a level of discernment and perceiving to know when something is like, wow, that's just right. Or that's wrong. Like, I feel like you have like this, know it in your knower. When you hear or you see something, you have this perception within you, like, right. You know, if this is right, or this is wrong, or this is, this is God, or this is not. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's that, it's that Hebrew scripture, a training your senses to discern what is good and what's evil. And I feel like you really have that ability, that strong sense within you. And the Lord has really used you. And I feel like the Lord mm -hmm. is even going to use that more to another level, particularly in the level of uh, counseling and wisdom. I feel like there's, I see you like people coming to you mm -hmm. for counsel and for wisdom, and there's going to be a word on your tongue. And, and I feel like you're going to see um, that prophetic eye that you have 
you're actually going to see through the junk pretty quickly. I don't know if you're already doing this or if people are coming to you already, or just even like it's a, it's a relational friendship thing, but I feel like there's another level of wisdom and counsel that you're going to be giving. And I, and it's interesting. I don't know why I'm seeing it like this. So I'll just share it. You get to judge this because you know, the receiver is as powerful as the giver. Uh, so, cause you have the same spirit of God in you to judge the word as I do to, to just take a risk and share what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, that there might be those that try to present a particular facade almost, but you're able to cut through it and see straight to the heart of it. Um, And the reason the Lord has given you this ability is so that you can bring freedom at a quicker pace for people. I feel like you're going to have this word on your tongue and it's going to be like an arrow that's going to go straight to their heart to bring that freedom to like cut away. I see you even cutting away like these lies and these strongholds. And they're like, literally they're like spider webs. They're so easy for you. And it's almost like you can bat them away, but I see you just slicing and you You are just like, you are getting rid of that so that the truth of God can be released to that person. The truth that's on your tongue, that wisdom, that's going to bring out that, um, that just that refreshing word to those people. So I just bless you in this new season of an accelerated and upgraded wisdom and counsel. Yeah. I love that. Actually know her and that's, you're right on. You're really with everything she carries. You're right on. So Jody, the only other thing I seen for you and she hit it was I just declare and decree, whoa, an increased discerning right yeah. now. I just see such an acceleration, Lord, that even she discerns even more precise for land deliverance, more precise for her feet. So I just bless your feet in a new realms of land deliverance and new territory. I just declare new territory over her right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So, um, Kenneth Bent is asking over and over and over. You were looking at him good. There you go. Go for it. Yeah. That's so good. He's hungry. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So good. Yeah. So Kenneth, uh, even I, I just was seeing his name, like he's bent on hearing the Lord. Like I feel like, (laughs) Kenneth, to you that the Lord has really put inside of you, you know, you are like that kind of that widow on the door, you know, that's looking for justice and like the Lord's like, just answer them because they're so (laughs) persistent. And so I feel like there's a persistence to your personality and how the Lord has wired you Mm -hmm. that he really, really loves. And I feel like the Lord is bringing an answer to you in this season right now for things that you have just not you have not let heaven go. You're like, God, I am, I am holding on until heaven answers. I feel like you have even that same kind of gift on your life that Jacob did when he was wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And he's like, I am not letting go until you bless me. And I feel like there's that grace on your life right now, Kenneth, that you are like holding on, you are contending for something right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you are, it's like, I see you almost holding on to like the robes of God, the robes <laughs> of Jesus. On, and you're like, I, I am not letting go until you bless me because I know who you are. I know who you are. And so Lord, I just release that blessing right now over mm-hmm. Kenneth right now. And Kenneth, I also mm-hmm. feel like, um, I feel like I was looking at your name and that I was drawn to that born of fire. And I feel like this is a new level of the Lord really stirring up the fire in you. Like it's that stirring up the flames is stirring yourself up to love and good deeds. It's to fan into flame the gifts that God has given you. So I feel like Kenneth for you, that this is a new season of 
fanning into flames the gift of God that that God is going to be really speaking to you on another level, but he's speaking to you so that you can you can serve others in the world around you with the gifts that he has given you. And so I just feel like there's a new level of a hunger to understand how he's created you to hear him and receive from him, but also to give and to bless the world around you. Yeah, come on. And Kenneth, what I've seen from you, I just seen you as a watchman. So I declare and decree you as a watchman over your city right now. Whoa, I just release that over you. And I just say you're going to hit the tar target for prophetic intercession. You're actually going to shift things in the atmosphere for the region that you live in. So I just bless you with a razor sharpness to discern and sense and know and expose what the enemy is doing and sound the alarm in Jesus' yeah. name. Well, yeah. I know all these people. So let me let you pick some names, Bethany, because it's hard. Everybody wants a word. I feel bad for them. Okay. So I want to prophesy over all of them. <laughs> actually, and there's other people like Marguerite's on here. I don't know, Marguerite, if you want to prophesy over people too, but she's awesome. Um, I was drawn to Tristan Galloway. Okay. Tristan. Go for it. Um, yeah, Tristan. I yeah, it's kind of funny because your name actually means to clatter or noise. And that's what's happening in the other room right now. <laughs> so and um, also, though, it can be met as bold. And so mm. I actually feel like um, I feel like you have a trumpet anointing on your life. Mm. You know, in the Old Testament, when the priests would blow the trumpet, the trumpets, there were unique and distinct sounds where one was a call to gather and one was a call of celebration and one was a call to war. Oh. So I feel like Tristan, that you actually have an, even like an ASAP anointing as well, which ASAP means to gather. So I feel like there's a blessing and anointing on your life to gather those to you, but also to call out to war. I don't even know for me, that actually speaks of worship as well, because a lot of times it's that gathering, that calling oh. to worship. So I don't know if you have a connection with worship as well, or maybe it might be intercession. Mm -hmm. um, I see like that call either and as well as an intercession, but um, I do feel like the Lord has made you bold. Like, like you are, you're like the person in the room mm -hmm. that's not afraid to say what needs to be said where others maybe are like afraid to say it. You're the one that knows how to say it. And I feel like the Lord is given you that ability because there are, there is a breakthrough um, there's a breakthrough call and a breakthrough anointing in you as well. So there are times that, that you're going to have to know not to say those things, but there are going to be times when you release what needs to be said. And I see them going like bombs in the atmosphere and it's going to, it's going to shatter uh, mindsets. It's going to shatter even misunderstanding. Uh, a lot of times the communication you know, that it gets broken down because of misunderstanding. And I feel like there's an ability that you carry to actually shatter misunderstanding. That's an interesting, um, an interesting thing I'm seeing right there. Uh, because, because you also are a unifier, you are the gatherer. So mm -hmm. it's kind of both those pieces, like the shattering and misunderstanding, saying what needs to be said so that you can gather and call to arms and release um, and release like the body in unity. So I feel like there's actually that unifying grace on your life as well. Amen. And Tristan, what I've seen over you, I just seen a new grace coming on you for territory increase. Whoa. Everywhere that you step your feet, I see you taking the land. It's like a Joshua anointing. So I just declare and decree that your feet to be activated, that as you go in, as God sends you places that you take ground. Whoa. And I actually see um, a very 
distinct gift of discerning of spirits to work with the angels. So I just declare that a new higher realm of discerning of spirits. And if you're not sure what that gift is, um, I know some people on here and some don't. I have a new book coming out um, next month about uh, discerning of spirits <laughs> and the yeah the process that God took me through the birthing that. So if you're on here and you're a discerner, um, and I just bless you with that, Tristan, such precision with discerning the angelic realm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. hey, Richard, more oh, California good. people. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you, Lord. You want to pick one more? I, I definitely want to honor your time. Let's yeah. see more. I need to go home soon and feed my kids. <laughs> yes, yes, I totally understand. Um, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. I am seeing there's all kinds of people. I mean, I, I know. Have, they're so, they're hungry. You can prophesy over anyone, you know, because you know, Psalms tells us that the, the thoughts, the good thoughts oh, that God has towards us are as numerous as the sands of the sea. So all we're doing is mm. just activate, we're just accessing just one of the billions and billions and billions of good thoughts that God has. Come on, it's we're so not trying to come up with something. We're just trying to access yeah. just one of the good thoughts that he has for people. And that's one of the things I love about training in the prophetic. It's like, I love demonstrating, but I love even more equipping. I'm one. Me too. It's just seen on their faces when they prophesying and it's encouraging somebody. Ah, yeah. There's nothing that replaces that, right? So much fun. So go prophesy. We're activating you right now. Go prophesy. We do a lot of times with our prophetic lives. It's actually people are prophesying over each other. All right, I'm gonna. I just feel like drawn to Stephanie. Looks like Renee Hunt. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I don't, I'm thinking of this right now because my name is Bethany. So a lot of times when I call in like pizza orders or things like that, they always call me Stephanie. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and so I get Stephanie all the time. I've been introduced as Stephanie a few times. Um, but yeah, Stephanie, I just feel. Like, um, I'm seeing this Psalm 23 over you right now, where that surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days mm. of your life. Cause your last, your last name is high. And honestly, a lot of times with that scripture, like the, the imagery that they use, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me. It's like, it will chase you down. It will hunt you down. And so mm. I just feel mm. like the Lord wants you to know that he is chasing you down right now with his goodness mm -hmm. and with his mercy and that he has set you as a crown upon him. And I feel like the Lord is just even saying that he wears you like a crown, mm -hmm. you know, when, when, um, when you walk into a room and it's like, Do you see? this is my beloved, like, look how beautiful she is. Isn't mm -hmm. she perfect? Isn't she beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made? I just feel like the Lord wants you to know he's just, he's not just proud of you. He mm -hmm. loves to show you off to those, to those in the heavenly realm. And so I just feel like this, there's a new level that you're stepping into even more of wearing and owning the crown that you are owning who God says you are owning the royalty. I just feel like the Lord's even putting those Royal robes on you. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that you didn't know that you weren't before, but I feel like it's a new level of, of kind of that. Um, it's almost like Esther being prepared all those years, knowing that she had an opportunity, but now she was the queen. And so there's a new level of your Royal identity that the Lord is really wanting to activate in you in this season. 
And so when you make decisions, when you go places, it's almost like walking into a public restroom and you're like, what would the queen do right now? Like, like learning how to live and respond from that place of royalty, a place of serving with the heart of a queen. And so I just feel like the Lord is just really upgrading that for you in this place. Um, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, come on. I love that. And Stephanie, what I, I seen over you was, uh, God is unlocking your creativity. So I just declare and decree everywhere the enemy has come against you to suppress that or break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. And I just say, be free, be free to do what you're supposed to do. I just see your hands being anointed for battle as well. But you have a prophetic weapon in your mouth that your hands will actually bring worship and actually shift the atmosphere. I see you shifting the atmosphere in your home. And I actually see you as a transitional bloodline person. They're actually transitioning your bloodline into the glory. So I just declare that over you, that over your generational line, that you were steward. Your, uh, whoa, I just see a major grace coming on you to steward, steward well, that you've been faithful with what God has given you. So now he's given you more. So I just bless your faithfulness that you've done unto the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So good. So yeah. good. And let us know if that resonates with you guys. Yeah. You know, these words, we love accountability. Amen. Um, feel free to message me if you have any questions about anything I did or just even encouraging like, hey, this really resonated or this Amen. spoke to something. We just really believe that prophecy must be judged. And so Amen. Uh, we want just love to hear from you. So Bethany, everybody that's on here that um, wants to follow your ministry or get your book, um, we could post it after we get off of here, but where can they go to follow you and connect with some of the classes? And yeah, um, my, I have a fan page, Bethany Hicks on Facebook. I also, you can find me on propheticcompany.com. Um, I have a page on there as well. And then I'm, I am doing a five day on your assignment challenge will be next week. It'll be Monday through Friday. I actually did one a few weeks ago and I just thought I was going to do like a one-time thing. And the women were all like, we have to do another one. I want to bring so many of our <laughs> It's so amazing. And so I launched another one. So we'll be doing that next week. If you're interested in doing the five-day challenge, it includes either the audio book or the ebook version of my book, um, Own Your Assignment. Amen. And that you can also find the registration for that on propheticcompany.com. Um, and that's probably one of the best places to find our events. We do live training events. We're also doing a summer series online prophetic training event. Uh, you can find more information on that later this week. We're posting that soon. And then if you are interested in e-courses or just even prophetic training, you could go to activateprophecy.com. And I mean, I'm sorry, all this stuff's happening. And we just launched our podcast. Like, Come today. on. Oh, wow. What's the name of it? Prophetic Company has huh? our podcast. And there's um, each of us trainers has our own show. Actually, it's on the Charisma Broadcast or Charisma Podcast Network. Oh, and so they're the ones that do Charisma Magazine. And stuff like that. So you can find it on Apple Music, yeah. Spotify, all that stuff. So um, I'll have my show will be on Tuesdays. It'll be Activated Prophecy, but we'll have many of our other prophetic trainers uh, doing some really cool prophetic training on different spheres and mountains of influence. So it's pretty exciting. Come on. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. How many people do you know that need prophetic training? It's everywhere. Everybody's hungry. <laughs> so go sign up for our podcast or get her book or sign up for her classes. Own your assignment. Highly recommend it. It's amazing. 
it challenged me. I love to be challenged. I love to grow. I love to be a risk taker. So I just want to honor you and thank you so much, Bethany, for coming yeah. on and to share for sharing your glory story. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to be with you. Great to see the community that you're building and congratulations on your book as well coming oh, out. Thank you, thank I just bless that just to be that a seed. I just see it being like a seed going, you know, into the ground and having, I, I feel like, I feel like what's going to come from it will surprise you. Like wow. the fruit that's going to come from it, not just the testimonies, but even some of the opportunities and the doors that are going to open. I feel like it's going to surprise you. And so be ready for that. Amen. Amen. I, I love, God knows I love surprises. <laughs> uh -huh. It's being a daughter, right? The daughter of the King, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. So everybody go get in the glory, go soak and, Enjoy some time with Papa and create your own glory story. <laughs> and everybody, that is another glory story for you. So I would just like to challenge you on the different things that you heard my guest talk about on the glory today to just get alone with God and ask him to help you cultivate his presence in your everyday life and see what kind of glory story that God wants you to be a part of.